0: Howdy, folks. This is the Words of Truth from the Scriptures podcast, and we're coming to you today. I've got a special guest. This is a special guest episode. I've got Calvin Edwards with me. He's one of the brethren, one of the members of the congregation down here in El Paso, Texas, and this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about challenges that come with working with today's youth. Uh, Calvin, because of his vocation, works with teenagers and has some ideas of things that are going on in this world, and he and I are are just a few years apart in age so we kind of grew up uh, in a similar time period in the 80s uh, so forth and so on now one of the reasons we're going to talk about what we're talking about today is the bible tells us that there's a difference in what people that are young face versus those that are old paul told timothy in second timothy 2 and verse 22 and timothy was an evangelist he said, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call out on the Lord out of a pure heart. When we look at scriptures like that, we see that there, there are youthful lusts. And that, that tells me, that tells you from a Bible study position, that there are differences that uh, between what young people face and what older uh, people face. You know, my brother, as we're sitting here and we're thinking right now, I remember growing up, you know, and in the 80s, it was all about I need some Nikes, I need some Jordans, you know, I got got to get in there and be in style, so forth so on. Now, man, I just want shoes that my feet don't hurt in. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they're grandpas. Right. right? So what's changed? What do you think, man, when we look at, at growing up today?
1: So, I mean, there are definitely, you know, still those same type of similarities where kids, you know, they're concerned about. How they look, <clears throat> how they fit in into society, um what society kind of leans them towards in terms of you know um fitting in how they are are supposed to be acting, how you know they go about you know their normal social routines and uh but I do remember as a kid growing up in the eighties uh, going to school that <clears throat> certain differences, the way the kids uh, interact with each other is a lot more um, open. And what I mean by that is just, um, you know, you're talking to a friend. um, Usually there's a, a, you know, a respectable boundary between, um, you know, your own space, so to speak. But now, nowadays, you got kids that don't really think in terms of spatial i guess spatial um self-spatial awareness like the uh the bubble so to speak they're all in each other's faces um you know it seems like the boundary has been erased like you know back in the day you you know you're talking to your your friend and there's just that you know that understood understood mutual okay respect the boundaries but nowadays kids just seem to be kind of loose with that and you know they they sit what I've seen they you know they sit on each other's lap both uh male and female that boundary has just gotten um erased and they seem to be okay with it and it's like an un- understood thing like oh yeah we're, we're 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 friends we're you know we're buddies but there there's no respect of a uh, personal space anymore it's just uh you know you know, you you come into my to, into my bubble, so to speak, and it's welcome and it's appreciated. And oh, it's all in good fun. But me, you know, growing up in the '80s, we didn't roll like that back then. It was just like, okay, respect the boundaries. You know, you know, dudes are like, hey, what's up, man? You just give the high five or whatever, like shake hands, a normal greeting. But in today's age, it's all, it's all over the place. So man.
0: that's what I've noticed. It makes me just want to go take a shower. Think about yeah. some some dude comes and sits on my lap when I'm in high school, bro. I'm in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. going we're going to the principal's office if somebody's not in an ambulance first.
1: Right, right.
0: right. <laughs> it's like comp- that's that's strange. That's different. And when I think about that, you know, when we're looking at the Bible, uh, the psalmist in Psalm twenty five seven says, "Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy." Remember thou me for goodness sake, O Lord. I think about when the psalmist writes that, the sins of his youth are completely different than any of the sins of the youth of people today. Like, man, I'm telling you, I remember when beepers came out. Oh, yeah. You know, like, hey, hit me up, page me, and then I'll go find <laughs> I'll go find a phone booth or, or a payphone, and I'll, I'll call you, and we'll, we'll, we'll get together. Now, man, it, it, even young kids, they're walking around with cell phones, and I, I know that has to be I, I just imagine I, I have to say that because my I homeschooled my kids so right. um, we didn't we, they didn't have to go through this but I can't imagine back in my day it was to be cool you had to wear a certain brand of jeans, a certain brand of shoes, you know so forth. Now it's probably like, hey, I got the latest cell phone, I got the airbuds and right And let me sit on your lap so we can listen together Is that, <laughs> that's what you're describing just
1: it's too chummy like you know those boundaries have been erased. And I, and I wonder, um, where does that stem from? Um, is it the home environment? Probably. Um, is it just a uh, society and the way things are now, but I'm thinking that there needs to be more of a, a guidance and I'm thinking about how kids should be, um, structure wise growing up. I'm thinking about Ephesians six, um, one through four, says children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth and you fathers provoke not children not your children excuse me to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord so i'm thinking that has to be a thought process in bringing up kids that will directly or indirectly influence how they behave in their lives and especially at school.
0: When you think about a young person, right, what a young person without guidance will do. Even and and not just not just youth in the sense of a 15 or 16 year old, but one of the things I've noticed and, and this changes things this changes how we, we have to teach the gospel you know mentality. man when I'm growing up, you know my mother wasn't around uh, often. My father was you know they, they were divorced when I was young. I had to mature at a young age. I had to learn how to cook and take care of myself at a young age. Now when I look at a 20 year old it's like a 12 year old used to be. and I think about how that pertains to youth in the gospel, when we look at the parable of the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 13, it says, not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I think, what, what does a young person do? And here, this is obviously an adult, right? What does the a young person do when given too much freedom? They go out and they waste their life. right? And then if you add into that what seems to me to be a an age of immaturity that has changed. You know, in different cultures, people got married when they were 13, 14, That's true. you know, so forth and so on. I mean, my brother, by the time I was 23, I had three children. Katrina and <laughs> I got married in our teens. Right. You know, we had three children, young, you know, and we've been married 28 years now. You know, right. and we had three children young, but we were prepared for that because we knew what responsibility was. I started working at 16. I was working full time in my senior year of high school and was managing. A, a, I was an assistant manager at a Firestone in high school. Now I'm looking at 18, 19 year olds and they don't know how to tie their own shoes. It's like, hey, mama, can you help me? You know, but then they want to put on this display I mean, with, without supervision. Right. And <clears throat> a lot of that is, um,
1: so we're similar in age. I really didn't start my family until mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I'm 50 now. I'm 51. And I have an eight-year-old and I have a three-year-old. Um, and I look back at where I was at that time. I was just struggling, you know, just to try to finish high school. So I knew I wasn't ready. Um, But then I knew going through high school and then trying to, you know, finish college so I can get the job that I wanted. Those kinds of things that I wasn't prepared. I was, you know, just trying to fend for myself. But I still had like a structure on how to behave, you know. Um, So I just noticed nowadays you have younger parents that are having kids, but not like you. (laughs) Um, And I think there's there's that one situation that just as. A society we just have to deal with younger parents which means that they're already young with themselves having kids so it's almost like young having youngsters so and that probably shapes the way they they behave but um I'm also thinking about what we tell our kids today about uh making smarter choices make uh choices that you're not going to re- regret and I have, uh, let me find it. Um, smart choices. I, I'm thinking of uh, Isaiah 55. Let me see if that's actually
0: what you're thinking of. About uh, let yes. the wicked forsake his way and how God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Is that what you're looking for? Yes. Let
1: me, let me see. Isaiah
0: 55.
1: 55. Uh, 50, 50 mm-hmm. Right.
0: Isaiah 55, 68, maybe or six
1: through nine so hold on i'm sorry let me (laughs) hey
0: man grab it we're good nobody's in a rush right if you're listening to this podcast you're just chilling thinking about two older dudes sitting here talking about young people of course i think about as as uh, as a youth i would have said you don't know what it's like to be young now now i know people might be thinking about that it's like yo we we were young right we we do understand what it was like to be young but what we do not understand is there are different challenges. Go ahead with your Isaiah fifty-five.
1: So, um, Isaiah fifty, verse five. Okay, you're looking at a different one. Yes, and I think uh, my delivery kind of just put those numbers together. But anyways, Isaiah fifty, verse five: The Lord God hath hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious. Ne- neither turned away back. So. That's that's making a choice. That's making a choice to adhere to God's word or not to adhere to God's word. But this example shows that instead of being rebellious that we know, you know, teenagers often are that they opened up their ears and actually didn't rebel against it and went with it to to try to, um, you know, abide by um, what was what was being said.
0: Yeah. Uh, as a prophet, Isaiah was willing to listen. But if you're not willing to listen, how can you learn? And if you're, you know, in your youth, one of one of the things that I was thinking about as you were kind of talking a little bit about, about children raising children is in, yes. Proverbs, in Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Well, what about when a child is raising a child? And I don't mean that by exactly. age. I mean, again, culturally, a 15-year-old girl might be a woman and, and and she may be perfectly capable of raising children and may be able to make mature decisions. But in our culture in the United States, it seems like we're dumbing down children. And then 2020, when life gets put on pause, where's the maturity level go from that point? And then when, when you think, How's a child correct a child? Because in Proverbs 29, 17, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest and he shall give delight unto thy soul. Well, but but what if the parent still is in a stage where they need guidance and direction? Right. And then here they are, the ones that are giving the guidance and the, the instruction. And it's like, how, how do you do that? You know, like, how does that, that parent uh, be able to guide that person Young adults need help uh, from from older adults, need guidance themselves, like in Titus 2, 3 through 5, the aged women likewise, that they be and behaviors become with holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their children, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed, when we look at those types of scriptures a child left to himself bring to him shame correct thy child and the fact that hey younger women look to older women for counsel look to older women as to be adults but today google <laughs> is the number one educator of people right they right. they google it you know how how do i do this with my child let me, let me google it they don't go to their you know older uh, models they, they Google it, and, and then a lot of times what they're doing is just reading what, what some influencer has to say. A lot of times that person's just borrowing off something they've read, right? so forth and so on. This is the age we live in, right? The, the age where Internet has changed the world. Social media has changed the world. How am I a good parent? Well, I saw on Facebook or, or Instagram pictures of people being good parents. Well, what, what what did they do to be good parents? That's what I'm going to emulate and then those people that are doing that are raising the teenagers that you're seeing on a daily basis, right. and they're Google's kids. Right. So I'm thinking about, um,
1: in that same regard, just um, in the first century, or the ancient uh, Christians, they had, uh, in the First Testament, they had Moses as their, as, their, um, as their mentor, so to speak, you know, teaching them the way how to live. And then in the New Testament, just uh, generally speaking, we have uh, Jesus Christ as our ultimate um, how to live, um, how to live righteous. Um, the old law would be Moses, the the new law would be uh, Jesus Christ, and and just knowing that we had those two, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say just ultimate examples of how to um, how to live, using them as our mentors. You know, those were. Um, the men that we would follow along with, um, you know, prophets therein too, but Moses and, and Jesus having us, um, learn by them and, and then by them getting their information and their guidance from, from God. So that is the, 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 the blueprint, so to speak of uh, how to live. And I'm thinking about, uh, two other scriptures that, um, <clears throat> that I found, um, Proverbs 8, 32, now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. So don't rebel. And we know in the Old, in the Old Testament, it was just back and forth with Israel always rebelling or complaining in some kind of way of going back and forth. But the directions were there all the time. So, um, I'm also thinking about, <clears throat> you know, teenagers nowadays, and I, I don't really see that as much, but just when you think about teenagers, when you're thinking about, um, that demographic adolescents, teenagers, oh, they're going to be that, you know, rebellious type of a uh, person where they're physically, they're almost like adults, but mentally they're still childlike and they want to rebel. They want to rebel against authority. Um, and it's there, but I don't see it as much. Um, but I know it's a uh, one thing that we tend to think about when we think about teenagers is um, them having problems with authority and rebelling. Um,
0: yeah, you- uh, rebellion is definitely a part of it. in that, you know, society. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good, good manners. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. So, what what the youth of today do is they see on social media, they see young people breaking into storefronts in uh, New York City, or they see rioting, or they see something else. You know, it used to be in our day, we didn't hear about what was happening across the country. And if we did, you know, it it was minor details. I don't know. Do you remember South Central LA? Right, Right. Right. Crips and Bloods. Right, right, gang wars, gang wars, right, and, uh, rap groups. I, that right. was the music genre that I was into right. at that age, right? Yeah. So, for so on, east coast, west coast, east coast, west coast, exactly. yeah, stuff like that. But, but we didn't see it, we we heard it in music, uh, or national news may have said there's violence, uh, here in south central LA or, or something like that. But, but mainly, we heard it in music or it was in movies. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I was watching movies that. Showed different types of right. mentalities. The neighborhood I grew up in was real rough, and you know what? They a lot of people that I grew up with patterned their lives after the music that right. we listened to. Okay, but that still took time. Like, I mean, I'm talking about we're we're spending records, we're putting cassette plate put tapes in. You know that the Walkman days. Remember oh yeah, the Walkman days. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Remember what? those days, right? But but now something happens in the UK. And it's on social media in 30 seconds. It's trending in an hour. And our youth get to see that. So how about the evil communications, corrupt good manners principle? I I try to think from a teaching perspective. How do I help a young person that is seeing and hearing more than any young person should see or hear? Right.
1: Um, well, where would they go to correct that? like, as far as just knowing that knowing right from wrong, generally speaking, um, there would still have to be that, um, you know, that something within them or like a, or a guide to show them like, this is probably not, you know, the end all and not the right way to behave, you know. The guide,
0: Psalm 119, 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto thy word. That should be the guide, but who would be the person to institute that? Mom and dad. Right. Okay, like back to what you were reading in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, specifically verse 4. Well, what happens when parents aren't raising children? The world is.
1: Right. And, Unfortunately, you know, that's the uh, that's the world that we that you know that we're living in, and how we see it, and how those um, teenagers, those adolescents, are really influenced by. And um, so, up till now, there has always been a blueprint, so to speak, you know, a way to go about you know your life. But I have um, somewhat of a um, a question about a certain scripture brother. I'm thinking about in Ecclesiastes 29. And I'm going to, excuse me, I'll read it and then give you my take on it. And lo this only have I found that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. That word inventions tells me that man has sought out many different ways to, I guess, corrupt um, the blueprint, so to speak, the guide on how to live. Am I right about that?
0: Yeah, when when, when we think about fr- from the beginning, right? From the beginning, right. From the beginning, uh, w- what, what, what what does Eve do with Adam?
1: Seduces him, gets him to eat from the tree that God told them not to eat from, those kinds of things. You know.
0: So in Ecclesiastes 7 29, um, the word invention just means device, right? So there it was the fruit. And and God said, Don't partake. Satan tempted tempted Eve. She gives it to her husband, right? Right. And, and it's like God set you on the right course and you found a way to get off course. Well, the world continues to grow and expand. Of course, God destroyed uh, m- the majority of mankind, except eight souls uh, in Genesis chapter, chapter seven and eight, uh, because the thought of man was only evil continually, totally. right? Well, where, where is that? That, that? They kept looking for different devices. They kept doing different things. They sought something else. Here's the pattern. The blueprint, blueprint as, as pattern, you said, right. now, we don't like that. We're, we're going to find a different way. Okay, and, and then and then by the time you get to Ecclesi or not Ecclesiastes, but Genesis chapter eleven, hey, let's build this tower, and let's reach all the way up to heaven, right? Right. And God says, "Nope, I'm going to scatter you, confound your languages, put you all over the earth." Right. right. Reset again. He doesn't destroy man, but he says. You put, you put yourselves together. I think of this co- constantly because the internet has taken us back to the days of Babel. Now the earth is one language. Now everybody can communicate with people. Well, it's bad enough when you have local communities influencing each other and the whole world lieth in wickedness. 1 John 5 verse 19. And now there's access to the whole world. There's one collective mind that's presented <laughs> over the internet, over different forms and formats. And every idiot has a voice. And the idiots have the loudest voices. And the young people tune in. And and they don't have the life experience to realize when a lot of people are talking, don't listen. Right. And they don't have life experiences to... The, as the Bible teaches us, you know, you and I as Christians, we know, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Well, what... What, what the youth without that knowledge, without the word of God instructing them does, they hear it, it must be fact. It must be truth. And then they run with it. And then they pattern their lives after that. And now we're into multiple generations of that because the internet comes out in the 90s and becomes more and more popular and now it's accessible. Man, you cannot go anywhere without seeing somebody on a cell phone right that's true right it's like it it, it, it is it, it is like a house key <laughs> and there's internet access for the majority of mankind and so when you look at ecclesiastes 229 uh or 729 rather there it is i mean man has found different ways god says i've given you the right way but you've sought out the different ways you've sought out the different devices, the different inventions, uh, you have a different mentality uh, that you're going about.
1: Right. And I am looking at... That is definitely right. i um, talking about uh, cell phones. Um, it almost seems like the cell phone is um, a, a device nowadays that turns kids into, um, I don't know, at times it seems like this as uh, zombies. They're, whenever they're not doing whatever task they're, you know, currently engaged in, um, I see it in, sometimes in um, certain uh, rehearsals where if the kids are not active in a certain task, they're on their phone, and they're not really engaged in a rehearsal, so to speak. So
0: Are they on their phone while sitting on somebody's lap? I can't get this image out of my head that you do. You, you know, um,
1: <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: my goodness. <laughs> it,
1: it's, it's just, um, that just, I don't know. Um, that's what I've seen, and that is true. I, I, I hate to say it, but <laughs> oh, no.
0: that,
1: that is, I would say that's accurate, you know?
0: And, of course, we live in a different culture. El Paso is a unique culture. Uh, we have a different culture than maybe other places in the country. Among different cultures, there may be different things. So we're not trying to represent all of humanity or all of youth. We're just talking about what, 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 what my brother here sees in working with youth. Did you have a thought you were trying to work on?
1: Um, yes. I'm thinking about um, seeking that correction or seeking the knowledge um, to um, you know help better themselves. Um, I'm looking at Matthew seven, um, at Matthew seven, seven, ask, and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you. That's if, um, and I, and I know this, this verse is not just, you know, talking about, um, directly towards youth Mm -hmm. adolescence. This is Mm -hmm. more of, uh, anybody but you got to start somewhere. And I'm thinking, um, is this in the mind of the youth of nowadays? Like, after they get past a certain age of maturity, I'm thinking more um, geared towards high school. If they're a high school um, aged uh, person, are they seeking knowledge? Spiritual knowledge, I should say.
0: Well, what if, what if they think they already have it? I know. that. that I, I think that comes with the territory of youth for a long time, not just today's youth, but our our youth seem to think they're smarter than people of the past, like we're more advanced. Right. You know, I keep hearing, I, I don't know much about artificial intelligence, AI. Um, Neither do I. <laughs> some, some of our brethren have been talking about it, and, and I've seen a, a few little clips, I don't really care to... Get into it, but I think it's terrible where where we live in a world where artificial intelligence has to be created because our real intelligence is ceasing to exist. So what's that tell me? I mean, that's what comes to my mind. That may not be the representation, but I know one of our brethren, Paul. He was he was talking about how some form of AI can write papers for people. I, I don't know. You might see that in the schools. You know where. A child may use artificial intelligence to write some kind of paper. Of course, when I grew up and I was in high school and I was writing papers, I was doing it on the old typewriter. Oh, yeah. And then correction tape and...
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Strike
0: out, strike out. Right. So that's a little bit of a different uh, time period. In fact, in my high school days, word processors were starting to hit the market. Right. But computers were pretty far... You know, out of reach for most people financially, and uh, uh, I had a Commodore sixty four at one point in my youth that was actually, I think, a donation. Uh, and, and I mean, that was—I did some coding there. That's my first right experience. And with I
1: computers. think I had. Am I saying this right? If my memory serves me correctly, a TRS eighty. I'm not making this up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think it was. <laughs> I think the counterpart to the, uh, the computer that you that you computer just mentioned, 64. and it was just a uh, kind of coding. It was like just uh, the yeah. word processor. Yeah, you yeah. know, you would um, type in the code, and then it would create a little like picture. Yes, yes, those yes. kinds of things. Oh yeah, so yeah.
0: And I remember uh, <laughs> in middle school we had Apple computers, but they, it was very basic. No internet. No, like nobody even knows what what that is at that right. point. So, uh, it's very different. And and now it seems like. With the world having one voice, young people are introduced to more sinful things and a ready nature. I know, growing up in the world, the things that I did without a computer. You know, I'm thinking about the opposite sex and and things of that nature. I'll keep it G here, but I'm 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 terrified to think what I might have done and w- without any direction, with access to text messaging and right. different things like. I can't even imagine. I mean, some of the girls in my day, they were loose. How much, <laughs> how much more? I mean, you know, I, I yikes, right? Like, <laughs> I also don't think I'm like cringing. Like, oh man, <laughs> like what's going on? What are our young people uh, see? And I know uh, when I was a teenager, I, I had to go move with my dad, and uh, uh, he was much more strict. Uh, and that was when I was 15. And for a while, I changed my life and I, I walked the straight and narrow. But then there was a period of time where my father would would accuse me of things I wasn't doing. And then I'm I, I, here's the mindset of a teenager uh, that I don't think has changed where I just, I was like, well, if you're going to accuse me of doing it, I'm just going to do it. I don't know why I rebelled against God and blame my father for that, but, but I did. And then I did it in a way that I didn't feel any guilt. And I felt like it's his fault that I'm doing this, right? And I think about Proverbs 30 and verse 20, such as the way of an adulterous woman, she eateth and wipeth the mouth and say, I've done no wickedness. Like you were mentioning a conscience. You didn't use the word conscience, but you were saying, "Does, does anybody look for, seek the way? Well, I learned the way, but then I walked away from the way and I found a way to justify that. And then I thought, what would I have done had I had, all the information our youth today have where I might've thought, well, everybody's doing this. Right.
1: And for me growing up, um, I was, yeah, I would say I was, uh, kind of like maybe one of those dudes that, you know, kept himself, uh, I'm not going to label myself, my my past self as a weirdo, but I I, I just had certain likes. You know, I was into sports, music, and then I guess the family life, I was just kind of uh, sheltered and protected, but I was one of those type dudes that didn't have any highs, didn't have any lows. Um, You know, I I just liked what I liked, and, um, you know, I was still, you know, that typical uh, teenager where you think you know more than what you really do know, but you know, I just stuck to whatever I liked, but my main issue, um, was just, um, and I probably still have this, uh, procrastinating on certain things. Like, you know, like I have no excuses of not being a little bit more productive in my youth. Um, and I'm thinking like, I had everything that I ever wanted, plenty to eat, and I definitely took advantage of that. Um, that, that was not an issue. It had you know, um, um, unlimited um, access to TV and cable. Um, and you know, whatever I was into, drumming was uh, a lot of the things that I was into. But uh, you know, that cable, and just like you mentioned uh, uh, just a few minutes ago, had we had internet back then, some of the things that I might have been watching, yeah uh, just yikes just stop right there um but you know i was in that mindset and um my my thing is just um a lack of um uh, being um progressive and not not progressive uh, a lack of being um proactive just like waiting and just you know just um indulging in what i was doing which is not that good of a thing to just like just be um not the opposite of being a proactive just sitting there and just just kind of like going through the motions and just uh, I'm just like just rolling along like oh um so I'm thinking about um a lot of the youth nowadays like I was um hopefully I'm a little bit better but um just trying to get out of uh being a, a procrastinator on certain things um I did have a a scripture in mind, but I'm going to come back to that one. But I'm thinking now of James 4, 14 through
0: 17.
1: Uh Let me me get that up. Um, So, whereas you know, ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. That alone, just knowing that, um, there's we know that um, a couple of things that this verse implies is you, you know that tomorrow's not guaranteed. What are you waiting for in terms of making your life better? Like it took me way too long to obey the gospel as I've been um as I've learned now, just looking back, all that time wasted, um, when I was a teenager, all through my twenties and finally coming to, um, <clears throat> coming to, um, the light, so to speak, when I was in my late thirties and, you know, leave, uh, living a life that I should have been living earlier, being in that sheltered, um, type of um, life that I had and the home structure that I have because it was, it was um, pretty good and what was my excuse? So I just waited too long. And I think some kids nowadays kind of probably do the same thing. They think that they um, they know everything and, you know, um, just a typical mindset of a, a young teenager. Some similar similarities there with uh, myself and them, but had I known not just waiting around to be, you know, told if I had just more of a proactive, uh, um, attitude about certain things, I think I would have been better off sooner than later.
0: Yeah. So if you're a young person or if you're a, an adult and able to influence a young person, or you listen to what my brother is saying here. And, and while I was never a procrastinator, I was probably, I still am the very opposite of a procrastinator. And that's intriguing to me. Like I'm thinking, how are people
1: so i'm just going to use this word programmed different like initiative <clears throat> i've always been brother <clears throat> impressed in your in your drive that is just amazing to me because i'm not like that and like how does that even happen but anyways <clears throat> a separate uh discussion for later but go ahead and continue
0: well just to answer that and then i'll make a point too uh Probably a lot of it is you were sheltered. You know, you had great parents. That's awesome. Don't ever think it's bad to shelter your oh, kids. I, That's awesome, right? Um, and I wasn't. So I had to fend for myself. So I was forced from a young age to have to, I had to be a doer, right? Right. But think about this young and old alike. My brother is saying, he looks back on his life and he says, why did I wait so long? Romans 6, 21, what fruit had you in those things whereof you're now ashamed for the end of those things is death? Why did I wait so long? Well, when you look back at your life and you say, I've spent 30 years doing nothing good. What better would have come along had I then? I know I look back on that and I think, you know, where I'm at in the knowledge of God's word, um, how much greater could I have been had I not wasted years? Had I not just been in quicksand in the world, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, And and it's just crazy how much time gets wasted. Right. Yeah. While you're thinking, there, there's something about being young, and, and it's unavoidable. It's just part of the education process. You know, I, I'm not condemning young people. I'm saying it, one of the things that I want to get across in this podcast, my observation tell me if you disagree. I think young people have more challenges today than I did. They have more challenges in that the world is open to them, and they don't know how to handle it, right? It's like giving somebody too much all at once, and I think that's why we see mental health crisis among young people. I think they see too much. They don't know how to process it. They don't know how to handle it. They don't have a defense mechanism built in, and the Bible teaches us this, and Proverbs 7 is not talking about 15-year-olds. But in Proverbs chapter 7, and if you'll just bear with me, I want to read the chapter. I know it's a little bit of a lengthy thing, but, but I think this needs to sink into people. It says, My son, keep my words, lay up my commandments with thee, keep my commandments and live. My law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Send to wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from strange woman, from the stranger with flattereth with her words. For at the... "'Window of my house, I looked through my casement, "'and behold, among the simple ones, "'I discerned among the youths, "'a young man void of understanding, "'passing through the street near her corner, "'and he went to her house in the twilight, "'in the evening, in the black and dark night, "'and behold, there met him with a woman, "'the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. "'She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house.' Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and kissed him, with impudent face, said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I found thee. I've decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. come let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves, for the goodman is not at home. He is gone on a long journey. He taketh a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not what is, is for his life. Hearken now unto me, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline under her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Think about how young people are ill-equipped to deal with the subtleties of the world, and now the world is at their fingertips. And mom and dad can't always watch that. And for everything they think they're able to do, there's technology to work around it, right? You you think you're a parent, you're gonna check the internet history. They can clear part of that internet history. You're gonna install some kind of app. There's a workaround for that. And children are crafty, especially some parents that aren't internet uh, smart. They're, They're crafty. This can be happening in your house and it's terrible, and so forth and so on, and there's almost no defense to it because at some point, you can't cut your kids off from everything, right? I know oh. I kept my kids from all of that until they were old enough to work, but then, bro, I saw the effects of it on my children. As much as I sheltered and guarded and got and as much as I warned them and taught them these words, I feel like these warnings were in place long before the internet, long before. These were happening in local villages and towns, right? right. Harlots in local villages and towns. Now, there is no local village or town. Now, the world is before the eyes of our children, and there's predators everywhere.
1: Yeah, that temptation is definitely there. Um, going back to just seeking knowledge, and um, if you just. <clears throat> as an as a adolescent, if they knew um, the examples that Jesus provides where Jesus was tempted um, by Satan to have the world and um, being um, being as he was, um, the son of God, and in the flesh, tempted by all of the things that, that you know, that, that pull at you, so to speak, like all the temptations with lust. And anything carnally, um, he was, it was Jesus, but he was able to combat, combat that. Um, So he would be the example of combating uh, temptation. But I know kids nowadays, you know, just like you said, they have the internet and they have um, passage to all of these things that are just pulling them certain different ways and access to things that, you know, it's, it's overload. Like you were saying, it was just uh, too much. But this is where having having a discussion and explaining um, carnal versus uh, spiritual, spiritual uh, things, um, we know that, you know, carnally, <clears throat> these things don't mean anything to us. We're, we're setting our affections on things above. If we were to say those words to um, um, an individual you know, an adolescent or a teenager, I'm not sure if they would know what we were talking about. Just having that, um, distinction between carnality, um, life and material things that, you know, we were talking about clothing, clothing, having, um, um, all of the, uh, the latest, um, technical gadgets, toys, so to speak for them. All of that doesn't really matter. They should be thinking about, um, the life hereafter, but we know that there might be a few adolescents that know that, but how to get them to realize that and to know that's um, what you should, you should be thinking about.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think there's a disconnect between real disconnect. reality? Um, do you think that because I grew up seeing violence in person, you know, school shootings are <clears throat> a new thing. Neither neither is violence. It's just now you hear about it. Right. Everybody hears about it in an instant, right? Um, but do you think maybe they're disconnected from reality because, because things are virtual? Um, maybe they see death, but it doesn't resonate uh, with them in the way that really seeing death does. You know, a young person who was alive during times of plagues They've seen death. They know that life comes to an abrupt end unexpectedly. That time and chance can happen to us all. Ecclesiastes nine eleven. Like LeBron James' son had a heart attack, right? right? But he's okay. So how do young people process that? Just
1: like that, like oh, it's, it's probably nothing. <clears throat> not as serious as it is. Excuse me. <clears throat>
0: Here in El Paso, we've had a lot of young people over the past few years that have been caught driving around shooting. You know, just US 54 a couple years ago, um, they, there were teenagers that were on Facebook. And they were video—this like, is this how disconnected they are, right? They videotaped themselves on Facebook shooting while they're driving down the highway. Right. Do you not have that. the reality that somebody could die from that? And that you just recorded yourself committing a crime. It's like there's a disconnect.
1: I, I'm at a loss as far as that goes. Um, but I like the word disconnect. Um, and just how how do we right the ship, so to speak? How do we get um, you know the youth to think about those things? Um, that's I guess that's the question they're in.
0: Has to start home. Right, you hit it with Ephesians six one through four. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, here's our plea: Your children, the youth of our world today, are not going to self-correct. They need guidance. They need the Proverbs seven is written for a reason. Uh, Calvin read earlier out of Proverbs chapter eight. Wisdom is personified in Proverbs chapter eight. Wisdom says, "Hear me." Wisdom cried out. That's always been the case. But the point of the scriptures is parents, do your job. Back in the old law, under the law of Moses, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up whether it was the Old Testament that I just read or what Calvin read in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, parents, you have to recognize that the youth will make dumb decisions because maturity comes through the exercise of your senses, Hebrews 5 and verse uh, 14. And there it's talking about spiritual wisdom. It comes through the exercise and they don't have the life experience. And because they're virtually unaware of the realities of life and disconnected, that the parents, you gotta step up. You, you gotta say, we're, we're, we're gonna come after the youth. A, a, a young person might listen to this podcast and might say, why are you attacking me? Look, I'm not attacking you. I was young and dumb too. And I'm not necessarily old and wiser. I'm growing all the time. Life is about growth and I will be wiser in 10 years than I am today, and in 20 years than I am in 10. And that is the process of growth. Growth is a continual process. But when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you're in a natural state of of immaturity. That's not an indictment, it's a fact. A natural state of immaturity. And because of the climate of our world, you're in a, a even advanced stage of immaturity in the sense, and I don't mean by advancing out of immaturity, but it's lasting longer because the world has changed where, where the youth are called, called to, to a point. And, you know, I kind of make a, a little bit of a joke sometimes in private conversation when I say, how old are children on their mom's breast? Because some of them seem to be still on, on mom's breast at 22 years old. Right. And, and, and then they're sent to war or they're, you know, going out and making life decisions. I mean, how many youth do you see, I want to take this career path, and they change it five times. Right. And that's been the case for years, but it's progressing. People are seeking new careers at 40.
1: (laughs) That's true. And where does this um, come from? It's just, like you said, um, has to start in the home with guidance. But um, I wanna think about, um, so we have unlimited access to, um, through the internet, through the internet, as I said, to worldly things, car- carnal things, um, but use them in ways that are honest and clean. You know, it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Um, we say that we live uh, under the law of liberty, which means that you can live an honest, um, you know, righteous life through um, having that mindset of the perfect law of liberty. And I, I want to read that one scripture, uh, James 1.25. Um, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, But a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So, um, in my mind, I'm thinking that with all that we have access to, it doesn't always have to be, it doesn't always have to have that notion of it's bad or a negative connotation to it. It can be uh, as simple and it can be honest and righteous and, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, taken advantage of. Um, the tools of uh, technology. It doesn't necessarily always have to, you know, I'm starting to sound like a a repeated broken record, but it doesn't have to have that negative um, connotation to it. But if we can just live um, that type of a lifestyle, uh, a spiritual lifestyle, um, and, you know, just have a clear distinction between what's sinful and not sinful, then that's that's what we're looking for. That's 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 the way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the internet, this podcast. We couldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for exactly the internet. I, I mean, this podcast has gone out to many countries, and you know, when I look at the statistics of listeners through Podbean, uh, I don't know all the people that are listening to it through the other avenues that are out there because this podcast is all over the place now, uh, Audible, uh, Amazon Music, d- different places that. I don't have access to statistics from, uh, but when I do get statistics from Podbeam, which is the source host of of the podcast, I was surprised that somebody in Russia is listening to this podcast. I'm pretty unfamiliar with culture in Russia. Um, I'd love to hear from whoever it is that's listening to it because there's one download that comes from Russia. Uh, I'd love to meet that person, love to know, like to learn about them. You know, I would even cater some lessons towards that. Like, what are you facing in Russia right now? You're a country at war. You know what? What, you, what are you going through? We're all we're all seeing different life experiences. You and I are talking about the youth in El Paso, Texas. What what you see, so forth, so on that may be vastly different in other places of the world. I get a lot of communication from the continent of Africa, and some of the people that communicate with me are are youth. Uh, some of them are 15, 16, 17 years old. Some of them want to preach the gospel, uh, and 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 the difference that I see is that they've been forced some of the youth that i've talked to they've been forced to grow up they think like adults they think like like a 25 to 30 year old at 15 16 uh, years old their culture necessitates such and they're forced with i got to take care of my mom and my grandmother and you know my siblings and i got to do these things and things that you know if you and i want to drink a water we just go grab it out the tap refrigerator or whatever wherever we keep our water. Some of these guys, they're talking to me in emails and it takes two months to get back to me because they're busy going down to the watering hole. Right. Where animals are also drinking out of and then coming back and boiling their water. And um, What if our youth had to do that? Well, you wouldn't have so much time to have your, you know, air in or whatever they're called, air pods or uh, whatever.
1: We're definitely pampered and spoiled. Um I remember just uh, a few few years ago where um you know you're thinking about things that you hear and see in the news and, and you and you said uh, uh Africa, you know, some kids that are probably uh elementary age, they're carrying weapons. Yeah. It's just so different. Yeah. And um and they have to learn how to adapt and where they're at and um compared to how in this country we're just living compared to that like a plush life if you <laughs> oh, want to call yeah. it that yeah. um so yeah. but um still uh, a few words to uh, live by um and first peter um 13 through 17 <clears throat> wherefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober and hope to end for the grace That is to be brought unto you at the uh, revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written by ye holy, for I am, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect, without respect of persons, judges according to every man's word, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. If we can ad- adhere to those words, um, particularly that last uh, scripture, um, the fear of if you don't live a, a righteous type of life, what's going to happen to your soul? That's a, that's a scary thought.
0: Mm-hmm. So that... You just read, be holy, I'm holy, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Looking at this world as a temporary thing, do you think the youth think of it that way? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. They they think life everlasting, essentially, like nothing's ever going to happen to me. That's always been a problem, right? It's not just unique to today's youth, but it seems to be a worse problem. That right. people are out of touch with their mor- with, 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 with their mortality. They're right. out of touch and not just the youth. So if they're seeing it in adults where people are just thinking life goes on and on and on and on and on and on, you know. Um, the other day I was talking with, with a couple of our brethren. As a matter of fact, last night, I uh, had to get together over here last night uh, and, and uh, was talking, of course, uh, some of the brethren about a senator uh, back in July uh, where this senator uh, just had a blank spe- stare into space for a period of time,
1: and and I saw that on the news. I saw that.
0: Yeah, and it's like then afterwards, it's like, oh, he's fine. Everything's good. You know, it's like this. This is a leader of our country. Our president does stuff like that too. Uh, and it's, and of course, we're pre-recording this, so you know, who knows what will come out by the time this episode's released. Uh, but but it's just as people watch all these things whether it's LeBron's son having a heart attack or different things that have happened back in July, uh, people are still presented with, but life goes on. So what kind of thoughts you got as we wrap towards the end of our time here? Just, um, I'm thinking about um,
1: everyone's just going to have to answer to the life they've led here on earth and they're going to have to give an account of the fruits of their labor so to speak um the works um meaning how they lived and um you know they i don't know if they even know that that's where my that's where my um i guess my my question is that disconnect like do they even know that they're going to have to be judged um and account for how they lived on this earth and what's going to happen to their soul do they even know that the soul liveth on? Um, those are the kinds of things. And, and I don't, I don't want to paint a picture where um, every um, adolescent teenager type is unaware of this. But it just seems that sometimes like the majority of them might not know.
0: And if they do know, they don't act like they know.
1: Right. And that alone, to, to know and not act accordingly that's a sin in itself um so that would be kind of like just my last uh thought on the matter the judgment factor like shouldn't that scare you into um you know acting accordingly i think there used to be a (laughs) a show on television uh um that comes to mind where the kids were i don't even know the title but scared um, scared right into, I don't even know the title, but I think the, uh, the program was, uh, juveniles that were given a taste of prison, the prison life. Um, if they didn't act accordingly, um, in the title, I think the word scare was in there. It was supposed to uh, be a means to scare them, um, into acting right where they were supposed to be in prison, like you know, the way they would pro- probably be um, treated in prison if they didn't get their act together, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that's judgment. And that should be a motivator, you know, just to, you know, just to get your, your act together, so to speak. So um, that would be, I guess, more or less my my final thought in the matter, just having, you know, the fear of judgment mm-hmm. that it's going to come upon, upon us all. And we're going to have to give a, uh, an account to that. Um, I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, hold on a second. You good? I think I'm good.
0: You're good. What, what are you looking for?
1: Um, um, a judgment. Um, I had a scripture in mind for judgment.
0: John 5, 28 and 29.
1: Um, Let's go there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, wait a minute.
0: Sorry, bro. You're good, man.
1: Uh, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and, and shall come forth. They shall have done they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Um,
0: that makes the point, but that wasn't what you were looking for.
1: Exactly, that makes the point, but it wasn't. A were you looking
0: question. for 2 Corinthians five ten? Do you recall? Uh, there's a lot of verses that there's make a lot your of verses, point. But... <laughs> I'm not sure which one you're you're trying. I was just looking at where you were flipping in your Bible. Right. And trying to uh, come across, second Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone yes. may receive the things done in his body. According to that, down, whether it be good or bad, was that what you were looking for?
1: Oh, um, John, John 12.48. Oh, he that okay. rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that last day. So, go ahead. No, just, yeah, that was, that was the scripture I was looking for. So the actual person that's going to be judging Jesus Christ, judging, if, um, if you reject his words, it's, it's just like you're rejecting the words from the person that's going to be judging you. How smart is that? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't that be a motivator, you know, to live righteous and act accordingly, um, spiritually minded, that was my, that was the scripture that I was Mm -hmm. thinking about.
0: So my parting words, uh, would be back to the parents, um, young people, whether it was in my day or in today are being influenced by the world. And you have to counter that. You have to come back and you have to take upon yourself the responsibility of educating your child to the salvation of their soul. What starts with number one, you doing that for yourself, right? You, you got to practice what you preach. But I want to draw back to Timothy because early in the podcast, I brought up that Paul told Timothy to flee youthful lust. And I want to come back to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, that is the sincere faith that was in Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. How did it start with Timothy who became an evangelist? Started at home. And 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, hey, Timothy, your mom and your grandma taught you Father was a Greek. We learned that in Acts 16, 1 through 4. He was a Gentile. He didn't teach Timothy the Old Testament scriptures. And then with that, 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. We don't know how old Timothy was, but he was younger. And Paul looked at him as a youth, as a young man, somebody that could be persuaded by youthful lust. Avoid them. How are you going to avoid that? Go back to what you were taught. Remember what you were taught from a child. Remember that those scriptures fully equip you on good work. And then live in a way that nobody can look at you as a dumb young person. That's the point of 1 Timothy 4.12. So those are are my parting thoughts. Uh, anything before we wrap up here?
1: That's all I have.
0: That's... We're- We're good. We hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. Here's just two middle-aged dudes sitting down talking about uh, (laughs) what we see as challenges today. And look, uh, fight against it. We need to fight for our youth. As always, I want to remind you that you can call me if you have Bible questions. My phone number is 915-525-5794. You can visit the website, www.wordsoftruth.net. You can email me from there. My email is brian, B-R-I-A-N, at wordsoftruth.net. Would love to hear from you. Would love to talk to you. If you're anywhere near us out here in El Paso, Texas, I know it seems like we're in the middle of nowhere, but maybe you're up in Las Cruces. Maybe you're up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Maybe you're over in Midland, Texas. Maybe you're you're in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Maybe you're somewhere around us. We meet in person too. I'd love to talk to you, meet, meet with you, study with you face to face. Uh, hope that you will continue to listen to the podcast and that these conversations that we have, just remember every first Thursday of each month, one of the brethren here is going to join me and we're talking about different things, just like we did today. Just have a talk, go back to the Bible from it. Uh, It's not rehearsed. It's just kind of raw. We just play off of one another. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Hope you'll tune back in on Sunday for the next podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.